a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad you're with us on the program today. So we're going to be talking about uh, gun control efforts, both uh, here in the United States and to our uh, neighbor to the north up in Canada, where a new gun control bill uh, is scheduled to uh, go into effect tomorrow. Uh, and there are uh, now voices in the uh, provincial government, not the state, but the provincial governments, uh, demanding that Trudeau's liberal government take a flyer on uh, actually implementing these laws for at least a year, uh, if not indefinitely. We're going to get to that in just a moment, of course. Uh, We are also watching what is going on here in the United States. Joe Biden was in Buffalo yesterday, uh, renewing his call for Congress to take up his proposed ban on modern sporting rifles, his compensated confiscation scheme. You remember under Biden's plan, uh, all existing Owners of modern sporting rifles, the millions of us, tens of millions at this point, uh, would have an option, right? We could either turn our guns over to the government for some unspecified amount of money, uh, along with our quote-unquote large capacity magazines, or we could register our AR-15s under the National Firearms Act, in which case... The people who want to ban those guns, who say that they're battlefield weapons of war and no civilian should own them, they say we'll get to keep them as long as we tell the government, you know, who we are, where we live and what guns we own. Yeah, I don't believe it either. Um, So what's interesting about this, though, is that uh, Senate Democrats uh, apparently don't see the uh, the need or have the appetite to uh, to push Joe Biden's gun ban. Dick Durbin. Number two in the uh, Senate behind Chuck Schumer said yesterday he just doesn't see a vote taking place, doesn't see that the, the votes are there to pass any legislation. So why would they hold a vote? Now, that didn't stop him from holding a, a vote on abortion basically r- right up until the moment of delivery. Right. Forty nine Dem- uh, Senate Democrats went along with that proposal. So I, I honestly I there is something going on behind the scenes as to uh, uh, why Democrats are. Uh, so reluctant in Congress to push this. I suspect the polling has something to do with it. We talked about this on uh, Cam and Company yesterday, or excuse me, at Bearing Arms yesterday. I don't think we talked about it on the show, but another poll coming out showing that uh, support for gun control has actually declined over the past couple of years. Uh, according to this particular report, 60% of Americans still say they want stricter gun laws, but that's down from, I think, 66%. Uh, in 2019, at the same time, you've had millions of Americans who have become gun owners for the very first time in their lives. And Democrats, frankly, they're looking at an electoral map uh, in the midterms coming up in November that is probably going to sweep them out of power in the House, very well could sweep them out of power in the Senate as well. Uh, and I think that they are playing a little bit of political triage here. Uh, and they are looking for issues that they believe can motivate uh, 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 the vast majority of independent voters and undecided voters uh, to go with Team Blue in November. And I think that they are, there is, I think at least some Democrats uh, are reluctant to really push gun control right now because they believe that there's a political price to be paid for doing so. So at the moment, 
the potential for new gun control legislation in Congress, I think, remains close to zero. Senator Joe Manchin has said he's not nuking the filibuster. Kirsten Gillibrand, excuse me, Gillibrand, uh, Gillibrand would nuke the filibuster uh, in order to ban our guns. Kirsten Sinema has said she's not nuking the filibuster. I think she'd go along with any gun control proposals, but uh, she's not going to nuke the filibuster to do it. Uh, what's going to be interesting to see, we did see uh, a, a coalition of 38 gun control groups. Who knew there were that many? Uh, write a letter. Apologies, my rooster's parked right outside my office window here. Uh, write a letter to the White House, to uh, congressional leadership, making demands, right? They want uh, Nancy Pelosi to hold a vote on Joe Biden's gun ban in the House. They want the Senate to hold a vote on universal background checks. Uh, and I don't think either one of those things is going to happen, quite honestly. My rooster doesn't think so either. Um, I think, again, what we're looking at here is more executive actions from the White House, uh, if anything. But again, viewing this all through a political lens, which I think is what both Democrats and Republicans are doing at the moment, quite frankly, even if Joe Biden were announced were to announce tomorrow, hey, I'm going nuclear here uh, and I'm going to tell the ATF they've got to ban assault weapons, quote unquote, uh, because they're like machine guns. Uh, and so there's no reason why they shouldn't be treated like machine guns under federal law. A, I think that would energize far more Republican voters than Democrats. B, there's no way that that gets done uh, before the election. Uh, the, in fact, it would probably be sometime next year before a rule like that would ever be finalized. And of course, it would immediately be challenged in court. Now, that's not to say that uh, Biden won't get desperate enough to do something like that between now and November. But at the moment, uh, that option appears to be off the table as well. But up in Canada, yeah, the liberal government, you know, they did impose new gun control laws back in 2019, a bill called C-71, which has not yet gone into effect, but it is going into effect tomorrow. Uh, and uh, one public official in Alberta, Canada, uh, is urging now Ottawa to halt that enactment of a uh, gun control bill. This would be the chief uh, firearms officer uh, in Ottawa who's actually sending this letter. Um, uh, Alberta Chief Firearms Officer Terry Bryant uh, sent this letter to her uh, federal counterparts saying, quote, despite the federal government claiming that Bill C-71 is important to our public safety, distressingly little has been done to prepare individuals, businesses, or my staff. She said, our office has been inundated with calls since news of the deadline emerged because Alberta firearms owners do not understand the changes and are concerned about the potential for a new backdoor long gun registry. She says that uh, Ottawa should either delay implementing the legislation for a year or scrap it altogether, much like I would like to do with my rooster. Mr. Crow at the moment. Wonder why we call him Mr. Crow? Yeah, now you know. Uh, so again, this law was passed two years ago, but they didn't release any details of how this law was supposed to work until May 11th. Yeah, till just a few days ago. Um, in a letter to Federal Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino, Terry Bryan, again, the chief firearms officer there in Alberta, so there are uh, fears that under Bill C-71, firearms described by Ottawa as quote-unquote assault weapons that were purchased legally could be confiscated. She says this concern has been heightened by your government's plans to, uh, under the uh, May 2020 order in council, to use the existing registry of registered firearms to confiscate the property of owners who acquired firearms in full conformity with the law at the time of acquisition. And again, noting that the bill passed in June of 2019, but Terry Bryant said these licensing provisions were only announced May 11th. 
giving those affected little time to either adopt or understand them. Now, this letter, I don't think, is going to change any action on the part of the Trudeau government. But the uh, velocity uh, with which these regulations were announced, again, just days before this law is actually going to take effect, uh, has caused some changes in Canadian gun owners. A lot of them have been heading to their local gun stores. Uh, James Cox runs the Shooting Edge in Alberta. He said he has seen a huge bump in sales over the past week. He says people want to get the semi-autos before the registry kicks in. I'm going to send Justin Trudeau thanks, he said, for all of the extra businesses. But he also says that um, that uh, the demand for more personal information from gun purchasers will put their privacy at risk for no good reason. He says, quote, it's just liberal talking points that it's going to get weapons off the street. But how is that? These guys are out of control. It's going to be a nightmare. It is going to be a nightmare. And again, I think that that's not a bug, but a feature of this gun control legislation, any gun control legislation, whether it's in Canada or whether it's in the United States, gun control legislation that is aimed at legal law-abiding gun owners will not impact violent criminals. They'll have no impact whatsoever, particularly in a day and age where regardless of what you think about the uh, ability to build your own gun at home, technology has made it far easier to do so. Uh, both legally and illegally. And I don't think there's any real way to curb that. I mean, you can make it illegal, but that doesn't stop it. It just provides another crime after the fact. In Canada, where there is no right to keep and bear arms enshrined in uh, 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 the federal law, of course, it's far easier uh, for the government to get away with these types of restrictions, again, aimed at legal gun owners, aimed at depressing legal gun ownership, which is what this really is about. The United States, thankfully, not only do we have the protections afforded us by the Second Amendment, some 42 states uh, protect the right to keep and bear arms in their state constitutions. And of course, this is a right that is exercised by somewhere between 80 and 100 million Americans, uh, helping to keep that right strong and secure. So Canada is not a a perfect, um, it's not a a perfect canary in the coal mine. Uh, But what it is, is a cautionary tale. Because what happens when that right to keep and bear arms becomes a privilege looks a lot like what is taking place in Canada right now. And I have a feeling, sadly, it's only going to get worse up there. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there. Yazoo City, Mississippi, where police say they're searching for a man accusing a shooting Near a uh, post office, a man that uh, police say, by the way, was uh, on probation for another shooting. Yeah, this happened a Tuesday afternoon around 4 o'clock. Officer said uh, Fernando Weekly shot into an SUV, hit into a man who then drove himself to the hospital. He was then flown to a hospital in Jackson. Police say that Weekly ran away. They're now looking for him. They, uh, again, say that he is on probation for another shooting, which maybe not give people probation for shooting other people. It's just a suggestion here. Uh, Anyway, he is on the run, considered armed and dangerous at the moment. We'll uh, let you know if and when he is taken into custody. Uh, Today's armed citizen story from Georgia, where police say a shooting at a MARTA station in the Atlanta area was an act of self-defense. You know, we've heard a lot from gun control activists about the uh, their their fears that if uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin determines that yes there is a right to carry oh my gosh you could have people carrying in the New York City subway system which by the way 
that's not prohibited right now. If you possess a rare New York carry permit, you can already carry in the subway system. What they're really worried about is the average citizens being able to protect themselves. Um, but you do have a right to protect yourself, and you have a need to protect yourself at times on public transportation. Uh, this incident actually took place not on a train, but at a train station. Uh, 7.30 p.m., May the 8th, at a, a transit station on a Joseph Lowry Boulevard. According to police, two men were involved in a dispute that escalated to gunfire. 38-year-old Earl West Jr. of Fort Valley was shot, passed away at a hospital. Uh, days after that shooting, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reports investigators asked for the public's help to identify the shooter. They released uh, two surveillance videos recorded on a MARTA bus. The uh, video showed the man boarding and exiting the bus wearing a distinctive backpack with a shark design. Uh, police haven't said how they were able to identify that individual, but they have, and they say that they now consider this case to be closed. Uh, no charges will be filed against the man who shot, whose name was not released because he is not a suspect in a criminal incident. Uh, but the police department spokesperson said, quote, after completing a thorough investigation and consulting with the Fulton County DA's office, homicide investigators were able to determine that the shooter in this case acted in self-defense. Something that, uh, again, would be considered a violent felony simply for possessing a firearm uh, in a, a transit facility in New York City at the moment. Unless, again, you have one of those rare New York carry permits, which typically are handed out to people who don't need to use public transportation. Finally today, our good deed of the day. This is a small one, but I told my wife that she was going to be my good deed yesterday. We uh, we live in an area of Central Virginia that has had a large influx of Amish over the past couple of years, and it's cool. The beer does not attribute. If it was, I'd have to shave off the mustache. But uh, we have Amish neighbors uh, who are very, very lovely people. And uh, yesterday, we've also had over the past couple of years, as the Amish have moved in to an area where there's not a lot of horse and buggy traffic, we've had some horrific car accidents. Um, in fact, earlier this year, we had a, a young Amish couple who died uh, and their, I believe, five or six kids uh, were left orphaned as a result of uh, this fatal car crash. So yesterday, my wife's driving back from the uh, pharmacy and uh, she gets to the point near, uh, near our house where the speed limit goes up to 55 miles an hour. And right when she got there, horse and buggy, open cab, six kids in the back. And uh, so my wife slowed down to about five miles an hour uh, in order to make sure that uh, not only did they not get hit, but that the cars behind her didn't try to speed around uh, and uh, end up hitting this car. So she took the time. She could have she could have driven around, but she was worried about the neighbors. And so she decided that she would basically serve as their little lookout for a mile or so as they made it back home safe and sound. So I told her that was a indeed a very good deed. She was in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing to, uh, you know, help keep our neighbors safe. And uh, I think that that small as it might be, is uh, worthy of note. So, Miss E, thank you very much for your very good deed. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Barry Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as well. We'll be back tomorrow. Now, I did say that today we're going to be talking with John Crump about what's going on with JSD Supply. I had some tech issues. I'm not sure what's going on, but we're going to get those resolved, and John's going to be with us on the program tomorrow. So we're going to talk about uh, the ATF 
sending the cease and desist letter to a JSD supply. And what it might mean not only for this company, but for a lot of other companies in the firearms industry as well. Again, one way or the other. We're going to be talking with John Crump about that tomorrow. In the meantime, I would encourage you to check out BarryAndArms.com throughout the day for even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber as well. Just go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your membership. You're also going to get exclusive content, analysis, news stories you won't find anywhere else. It's our way of saying thanks for showing support. I really mean it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, be well. Be safe. Be free.